Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information on Just Plain Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Okay, usually we talk quite a bit about general aviation, private planes, that kind of thing. But as I said last week, I was getting ready to do a little, uh, one of my first commercial flights uh, after COVID has hit. And Dennis is in, uh, he, he he did his assignment as well. So we both are fresh from a commercial flight adventure. And uh, we're here to report on how it went, what we saw different, and how it compares to having your private airplane, which I think it goes without saying. But I'll say it anyway, that going private is 10 times better, period. Doesn't matter what they do. It'll never be better. And I would imagine you'll back me up on that, uh, Dennis. Is that true? There's definitely advantages, uh, but there's a place for commercial aviation, and that's why you know a place in you, hell. Is that what you're <laughs> well, going? <laughs> depends oh. what airline you fly. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. So, uh, but no, I mean it, it. definitely has its place, and that's why both of us chose to fly commercially and not fly ourselves uh, over the uh, the holiday weekend. Right. Well, you know, the cost is cost. Money is that's money. Part of it. That, that's it that's the only reason for me. I'll be honest with you. But uh, well, or the fact that you don't have a pilot's license. Yet. Well, there's that. But I I know you, and you have a private uh, pilot's license. So you know, I could have recruited Dennis to fly Actually, me where I needed to go. Because uh, that there's this whole holding out thing, and yeah, holding out thing. We would what have to have a shared purpose in order for me to go fly down to Florida and pick you up and take you somewhere. Well, I w- I went to Cincinnati. the The purpose would have been to go get, uh, get Cincinnati chili. Yep. Yeah. Cincinnati chili. Absolute skyline. We just have to make sure that we're clear uh, on the, those goals and why the, the flight is needed. Well, we knew immediately as soon as we both thought of it. So, I mean, yeah. at least we're in sync in that regard. You, know, you go true. up there, gas up on Skyline Chili in Cincinnati. You don't need any fuel to get back home, if you know what I'm saying. And I think you do. All right. So, uh, you flew American from Minnesota down to Florida, and I flew Frontier. Only because I didn't have any choice. I really didn't have much choice for the schedule I wanted to do. And Frontier had some nonstops between Orlando and Cincinnati. Not a big fan of the budget carriers, but I honestly didn't have uh, a choice. And I'm here to report actually positive things on how they handled the the flights for Frontier. Which I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> It was an enjoyable experience. How about that? Is that a surprise or what, Dennis? I, I am floored because yeah. you know we all hear the, you know the cattle cars and how terrible the experience is on the on the budget carriers. You know you get what you pay for, and you're not paying much, so you're not getting yeah. much. Well, true, uh, and, and you know when and when you look at the budget carriers, I've flown them all when I have no other option. I'm not a big fan, as I've said before, but you know, and you're in that category of. Frontier, Legion Airlines, uh, 
Spirit. Spirit. All three of them. I, I'll be honest. Uh, outside of Frontier, I have not had very good experiences with the other two. But this was my, I believe this was my fourth flight with Frontier. And where I got to give them props is that they have managed to be on time and on schedule. And, um, you know, I mean, what else can you ask for, really? Well, because you know you're not going to get any other perks. Uh, or how anything. much of that is due to the fact that the travel's down over 70%, so they don't have the, well, uh, maybe, the but competition the, for slots at the airports. But, and I'll, so but I'll say the other times I've flown with them was obviously before COVID. And I actually had okay experiences with Frontier before. And I thought, well, maybe I just got lucky. But on this flight, I was like, I was, I was prepared for the worst. I had built in a little flexibility into my schedule. And lo and behold, I didn't need it, uh, which was refreshing uh, to say the least. But, you know, they, they, they were right on time, if not a little early. Now, I did go through, you know, and, and get the upgrade. And I'll tell you, it was well worth it, even with their little bundle packages packages that they do where, you know, because they're charging you for carry-on bags and all this kind of stuff. And you really, it's hard to compare apples to apples when you're comparing it to the other airlines, like, say, American, you know, where you may get a free carry-on if you have their credit card or, you know, free check bag, which I do, by the way. Uh, but... Still, it manages they you know to be much much cheaper than booking like a Delta or American or something like that. At least for the route that I was looking at for this particular uh, flight. Not to mention the schedule time, which was great, and they were non stops, which American didn't give me that option to where I wanted to go. So, with all that said, I didn't have much option, but I said, okay, well, I'll go ahead and do the bundle. I'll get uh, I'll get the upgraded seats. Which what, what that means is just a seat big enough for your butt, <laughs> you know, because none of them recline, whether, you know, Frontier's version of first class, I don't even know what they call it, but I got it. I got the, you know, upgraded seat. And because of COVID, they did have, you know, an empty seat next to me. So they blocked the, one of the seats out. I was in the first row and I had priority boarding. So what was nice was I literally was the first person on the airplane and I was the first person off the airplane. So I went in to the aircraft, went around the bulkhead, sat in my seat, and I didn't see anybody else for the rest of the flight or have any interaction with anyone. So as far as, you know, being distanced from the rest of the passengers and all that kind of stuff, I probably couldn't, I don't know if I could have done any better than I did. This was both coming and going. Would you agree, Dennis? What do you think? That sounds like it was pretty, uh, pretty efficient. Yeah. I, you know, Did you have I, your vent on you to keep the goo off of you. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you blow the air on you to keep the goo off of you. Well, I had that. I obviously, you know, had my mask on the whole time. And, uh, but once again, I was pretty, you know, separated from everybody else. And, uh, you know, the one concerning thing I had when I booked the flight, I didn't know that I was going to have a bulkhead wall in front of me. For sure. I thought, oh, man, I'm going to be right by the exit. Everybody's going to walk right in front of me, you know, that kind of thing. But I was wrong. They did have a uh, bulkhead uh, up there. So everybody walked on the other side of it, and so I had a little barrier uh, between us. So, you know, uh, and, and even with that upgrade and stuff, it still was pretty much dirt cheap or about as cheap as I could get this route for any time of the year with any carrier. 
Uh, but once again, I was just pleasantly surprised that there were no delays. We didn't have any issues or hiccups in that regard, which, you know, I think that's about the best you can hope for when you're flying one of these, you know, budget carriers. And, uh, and I got to give them props. They, they did it for a fair price, actually a pretty, pretty reasonable price. And they were on time and it was, you know, pretty comfortable for that matter, despite the fact that the seats don't recline. That would have been nice. Well, and I don't think you should ever recline a seat anyway. I know. You and I, I, have, this, you and I disagree on that. Right. So. You, you would love these guys. You would love Frontier. You know, but, but the seats were fairly comfortable, even though they didn't recline. So, you know, um, and, and when you go in with the idea, like, I'm not going to get squat. They're going to charge me for water. Don't expect any help from the, you know, flight attendant at all, as far as like food, booze or anything, because it ain't going to happen. Uh, on a flight like that, I mean, they sell they sell stuff, but you got you got to have to go with the idea that you're not going to get anything. Go in self-contained. Bring in your bottle of water that you picked up in the terminal or whatever, and then just stick to yourself. And if you have no expectations of anything beyond that, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Low expectations, high return. <laughs> you know, Maybe. it doesn't compare that. Uh, that far from what I got on what you would consider the mainline carrier. You know, yeah. I flew American. Right. And American, um, as opposed to Delta, which I had flown just a couple weeks earlier, American does not block out their middle seats. They're filling the airplane all the way up. Everybody's got to wear a mask. They got to make their money. But as you get on the airplane, they're handing you a hand sanitizer and a goodie bag. So oh. you're getting a little bottle of water, and I mean a little one. Right. And you'll get uh, either a little pack of uh, uh, roasted almonds or maybe some pretzels. Okay. And that's it. But they well, hand it to you immediately so the flight attendant doesn't have to walk up and down the aisle later with a cart. Right. So if you don't bring it with you, you're not going to get it. They give you it at, you know, at the get-go, mm -hmm. but you're packed in. And believe me, every seat was sold out. That wasn't going to last long where they were not selling a middle seat. Well, Delta has decided that they're going to do that through the end of the year. So they're blocking their middle seats out. That's part of how they're providing the social distancing. So that's their philosophy. We would rather run less full airplanes, give you more space. That's our stick. Okay. So, All right. Well, you didn't have them as a choice. American who's not, who not well flew. I did, but the price wasn't anywhere near competitive for the for this particular. Well, weekend. right. And were they on time is the big question. Were they? They were. Okay. They were actually. What we more can you ask for? Delay. Free flight, booze, and more snacks, maybe. I don't know. More coming up. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Flightstudentsradio.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information and sharing a few stories about our commercial air travels uh, this week. So, yeah, surprisingly, my little adventure with Frontier went quite well. I was uh, pleasantly surprised on, on the service they provided. It was definitely a good value, and they were on time. And, you know, what more can you ask for, really, when you're uh, paying dirt cheap? airline tickets and uh, getting a decent schedule and uh, Dennis's thing was pretty good as well with American flying from Minnesota down to the Florida well towards the the end of Florida I guess Uh, right before the Florida Keys is where he flew but uh, the thing is there were things to complain about but it ironically had yeah yeah but it had nothing to do with the uh, airlines ironically enough so maybe for the first time ever, <laughs> you know, I, I, like I said, I was, I was very surprised on how well they uh, did it. And I, I got to give them props. Frontier really delivered the goods. But what did kind of surprise me or, you know, uh, I don't know, caught me off guard a little bit is I flew from Orlando up to Cincinnati. And when I got to Orlando is, is pretty much the first time I'd been back since they put in all these COVID things and everything. And, and, uh, I zipped right through security, no issues. I have a TSA pre, there was literally nobody in line the day I flew, uh, which I found kind of ironic, but, uh, you know, it was par- probably partially because traffic was down and maybe I just hit it at a right time, but the regular main line, well, it looked fairly busy at uh orlando international airport but the tsa pre uh line had literally nobody in it and all the tsa folks are just standing around twiddling their thumbs oh hey look we got a live one come on over you know we had the same experience in minneapolis and uh down in fort myers Uh, yeah 
we had no problems with uh, with TSA. There was no lines, no waiting. It was fantastic. So got to love it. Yeah. yeah, TSA pre. If if you're going to do any amount of airline flying, just do it. It makes your life so much easier. Oh, it does. It's well worth the uh, investment, even if you fly out of the country. Well, and if you've got the right uh, airline credit card or whatever, there's a good chance that the credit card will actually reimburse you for getting the TSA pre. I know right. Delta's card well, does that. Um, I don't know if your American card has a similar benefit, but yeah, they they all look at. have some uh, you know different tier credit cards where they include that. But TSA pre is seventy five bucks. But remember, global entry is only a hundred, and it includes TSA pre. So if you're going to fly out of the country ever. It's worth just going ahead and doing the global entry, if you ask me. Uh, it's well worth the uh, well worth the money. But that said, once again, it wasn't uh, TSA. It wasn't the airline that kind of rocked me a little bit. It was the people. <laughs> you know, when I got to Orlando Airport, you know, everybody's wearing masks. I was like, everyone, you know, is taking this stuff seriously. And then when uh, we landed in Cincinnati, which, by the way, the Cincinnati airport's actually in Kentucky, uh, it was ironic to look around and see how few people were wearing their masks uh, once they got off the aircraft or just walking around, you know, the terminal area there. I was like, what, what's going on? They all were, like, pulling their mask down to their chin, and they did not seem to be taking it very seriously. And I, that was a little distressing. You know what I mean? I, you know, look, you can make your decision on how you feel about masks and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of thought that was a thing. You know, that it's you're kind sp- of disrespectful, don't you think? Well, I mean, I mean you know, yeah, I, disrespectful is one thing. Like I said, you can make your own decision in that regard. But I thought you weren't even allowed in the airport without a mask on. And, and it doesn't count if you have the mask down around your chin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if you have one of those masks that's got the vents. We actually had a, a passenger getting on the airplane ahead of us that they made him uh, actually replace his mask with one of their their provided ones because uh-huh. they, they wouldn't allow it. So the airlines themselves seem to be very serious about enforcing the masks and right. making sure it's very clear that you can only take it off long enough to eat and it has to be back on. We will be walking the cabin. Mm-hmm. We will kick you off the flight and ban you if you don't. That yeah. was spelled out no less than three or four times during the boarding messages. I think they were more concerned about that than telling us about how to use our oxygen mask. Well, that that could be. That could be. They were pretty strict on it, uh, you know, talking about it with Frontier as well. But once again, I, I didn't really notice this in Orlando, but I did notice it in Cincinnati. And I don't know if it happened to be, there might be a Kentucky uh, element there. <laughs> I wasn't going to make, say it. I don't want to offend anybody in particular, I love but that was my thought. Yeah. But, uh, but, but it was strange, you know, and I was just like, why aren't, they don't seem to be taking this as seriously as I would have thought. And once again, I thought even in Kentucky that it's required to have a mask you know, walking through the airport terminal. Maybe it's not. Maybe that was something that uh, they don't enforce or they, they definitely didn't. I mean, I saw all the, you know, typical people wearing masks and stuff, but the people coming off the plane, you know, they take their mask down and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. You got to take it for what it's worth. You know, you can only do so much uh, to protect yourself. And, you know, when I saw that, I just walked a little further away from those folks and, uh, you know, uh, deal with it accordingly. But that, you know, that but was you're the, superhuman, Greg. You don't have to worry about it. Right. right. And even I was uh, keeping my distance. Yeah, I've had COVID. 
I've been there, done that. I got the antibodies to prove it. So uh, I'm safe. But I, I still kind of was a little distressing seeing people that didn't seem to be that concerned about it, you know, inside the airport terminal. So I, I just share that story for you to take uh, take from it what you will. And that is that, you know, all you can do is prepare yourself and plan accordingly to protect yourself. And whether that means obviously wearing a mask is your thing, uh, but having hand sanitizer, keeping your eye out. If you see a bunch of people not wearing a mask, you might want to kind of make a little bit wide berth for them or whatever. And, uh, you know, bring your uh, gloves or whatever that makes you feel comfortable. But, you know, even that said, I, I did I never felt unsafe. And I think, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can under the circumstances to try to keep uh, things at bay as much as possible. But humans being that they are, there's always going to be a few that are going to, you know, possibly make it uh, slightly difficult for you. So you just got to assume responsibility for yourself. Does that make sense, Dennis? You hear what I'm saying? It, it does. I mean, if you, who else is going to look out for you if, you if not yourself, right? Right. Exactly. So take that mask, bring an extra one. Yeah. And just, just wear it. It's not that hard. Yeah. Once you get but, in your but car. But don't count on the fact yeah. that everybody else will be, is my, right. is my point. So Lead by example. Lead by example and, and just know uh, that you may need to make uh, some moves on the fly to protect yourself if you feel so inclined. If you're concerned. If you're not, eh, that's your business. You know? Take it for what it's worth once again. All right. There you go. We got that. We got a big story coming up. We got to cover. It's back to general aviation and what we all love. Uh, maybe not the experience that we want to encounter, but we'll uh, we'll talk about it next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at thirty-one thousand feet. You can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings. You can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, ask me a lot, Captain Dennis. All right, so we've covered the commercial aviation stories that we got for you this week. Time to move over for the real good stuff, and that involves general aviation, private pilots, and some. Most of the time, it's we're raving about the freedom an experience that it gives you as a private pilot to fly your own plane all around. Uh, but sometimes there, there are stories that we come across like, okay, don't be that guy. And I think this falls in that category. Would you agree, Dennis? Yes. But, you know, on one hand, I want to give this guy compliments too. Because okay. instead of becoming another statistic and running out of fuel, this guy realized he was in a bad situation and made a precautionary landing outside of Knoxville, Tennessee on Interstate 640. He got the plane down off to the side of the road without an incident. And get this, a friend of his came back with a jerry can full of gas to top him up so he could make the flight the rest of the way to the home airport. Nice. Okay. So I give him props. He recognized that he may not make it. And rather than push it and become a statistic, he did the right thing. Right. But can you imagine the pressure on this guy when he's having to take off from an interstate highway? You know, you and I kind of get a little nervous anytime you see the cop behind you on the freeway, even if we're doing the speed limit and cruise control, right? You know, yeah. why are you back there? Don't are you quit watching me? Go, go, go bother somebody else. 
this guy had to do a takeoff with cops, motorcycle cops, police cars, lights going and the whole bit. No pressure, right? No pressure. They accelerating they under a bridge. Yeah. He had to take off and, and, you know, was rolling underneath the freeway overpass to be able to take off and climb out. Yeah. No pressure. Well, you know, I got to give the authorities uh, some props too, just for allowing them to do that. Now I'm sure they might've fined him. <laughs> I'm guessing well, he got some kind of ticket for this possibly, but the fact that they just made it available, like, all right, let's shut down the highway for a few minutes. Let him take off and get out of here. Yeah. yeah, but the interesting thing is I bet he didn't break a speed limit because, you know, in a 172, you're flying by 55, right? I'm and guessing so you are correct. Once he's off the ground, is he technically speeding? I'm I'm sure they got him for something. Come on. They're not that nice, even though it's Tennessee and you got Southern hospitality. Surely they nailed him for something. But no, look. Don't call me Shirley. Yeah, okay. They let him get home with his aircraft, so that's definitely a bonus. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Colonel, with all due respect, that new jet is a death trap. It's the 1950s. Everything's a death trap. Now I have three martinis, a pack of smokes, and get in that plane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis. We're navigating the latest aviation news and information and, uh, you know, trying to share a few nuggets of knowledge with you to make your uh, flying just that much more enjoyable and uh, skillful, possibly. And that's what brings us to a, not a top 10, but a top 20 tips to make your VFR flying just a little bit better. Is that right, Dennis? Yeah, these tips may not save your life. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll make your trip a little more enjoyable. Yeah. But it's definitely some some things to consider. You know, we've gotten really lazy with flying ever, ever since they, you know, adopted the panel mounted GPS. Uh, I think most of us, our pre-flight planning consists of direct to and go. And that's about the extent of our flight planning. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you might want to take a few minutes with all the tools that are available online, you know, Sky Vector, ForeFlight, et cetera. Do a little bit of flight planning ahead of time you might be able to come up with a little bit better routing. You know, you saw the considerations that we made going down to uh, the Naples uh, area. Uh, we did some routing to keep us not over the middle of the Everglades, but rather closer to some of the airports along the Southwest Florida coast there, because that gave us more options. Right. You know, if you just hit GPS direct, you might save two, three minutes, but maybe it's a little bit smarter to incorporate some uh, out of the way, routing to give you more available emergency options or maybe better scenery or avoiding high traffic areas, uh, avoiding, you know, military airspace, things like that. So take a few minutes, think about your flight plan. Okay. But well, well we got 20 of these tips and these yeah. came from who exactly? This Do is from plane and pilot magazine. Okay. They just recently published this list and, mm -hmm. you know, I thought it was really good and thought it was worth sharing. You know, we're talking about, uh, flight planning. What altitude do you fly at? You know, most of us are doing a typically a one hour cross country. 
So why go high, right? That's the thought, you know, may as well just go at 3000 feet, you know, but if you go to seven, eight, 9,000 feet, it might take you a couple minutes longer with the climb, Mm -hmm. but now you've got more altitude, which gives you more gliding range if you were to have a problem, but you're also going to be above a lot more of the traffic. So you might not have as many, you know, training flights, whatnot, that you're going to have to deviate or see and avoid. Mm. Um, and you might actually get some better winds up higher depending on where you're going. There so, you go. It'll make you more efficient. And, uh, yeah, like you said, less traffic that you have to avoid and, and conflicts uh, related to such a thing. So is that one tip in or several? That's or, actually two. That's two. And so okay. since we're still on the flight planning, let's talk about fuel. Do you need to fill your airplane full every single flight? Probably not. You know, 64 gallons of Mooney gets me a long way, but if I'm only going an hour, um, you know, maybe filling it to the 50 50 gallon tabs is probably more practical. Gives you more useful load, still gives you more than enough reserve and you're not having to carry that weight around. Take, you know, think about where you're going, look at the fuel prices of the destination. Maybe it does make sense to bring enough fuel to go there and back and not have to buy fuel. but you know, keep that in mind. Rather than flying at gross weight, the airplane doesn't fly near, you know, climb as well when you're heavy. So by taking, you know, 10, 20 gallons of gas out of the load, that's, you know. Well, that's what the commercial carriers do now. They manage their fuel load so they can get better efficiency and mileage in the sky. So it's uh, applying the same same principle, right? Yes, it does. Okay. And what else we got? So clean your windows. When's the last time you went out and cleaned the windows and the bugs and got the grime and whatnot off your airplane? Yeah, that's gross. You know, it's hard enough to see right now with all that smoke from California. Even here in Minnesota, we're affected by that. The haze in the sky isn't just me in the cockpit. It's, uh, you know, quite, it's really it makes it hard to see. So if you add, you know, a year's worth of uh, film that's kind of built up on the inside of the window from breathing and, and bug juice on the outside, clean it up and make it a lot easier to spot that other airplane or see, you know, see the airport that you're trying to fly into, uh, might cut down on your glare quite a bit. Get the funk off. Yep. Right. So we're, we're talking about cutting weight in the airplane. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably don't have this problem as a renter pilot, but I'll tell you what, I have a big problem with this with my own airplane. Cause it's so easy to just leave things in the back of the plane. Cause I might need it. But do you really need it in the airplane for every flight? Do I really need a set of chocks if I'm going out and doing a training flight just around the pattern? Uh, probably don't need the survival kit because I'm never leaving the airport. I'm doing three landings. I probably don't need the, the uh, sleeping bag and all that kind of stuff. Right. That's all weight that you don't need to carry around. Store it in the hangar instead of carrying it around in the plane with you. So constantly go and evaluate your plane and maybe just use it as an opportunity to keep it clean too, I guess, right? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Get the clutter out of the plane. You get less stuff bouncing around when you're rolling down the taxiway. You don't have stuff falling out on the floor. And yeah, it's just common sense. Got it. What else? When you're using an air vent, when you're done with it, close it. Because at, here in Minnesota, it's a problem because temperatures change. I was out flying the other day and it was, you know, pretty warm on the ground, but get up to 3000 feet. It was starting to get downright chilly. Yeah. So why don't you just close the vent when you're done? Then, you know, in mine, you don't even have a screen on two of the lower vents. They're just directly to outside. Hmm. So bugs could be shooting in through there too. So don't unless like you need the vent open, close it yeah. down. All right. And, and yeah, if you don't uh, close them down, you got bug issues, but if you do have screens, what do you got to worry about? Anything? Not really, but you know, if it's really cold and blowing on your leg, do you really want to be reaching down on, on climb out? Cause it's uncomfortable to have to go and close that vent. 
it, it's part of that being, you know, pre-flight and do as much as you can on the ground before you even take off. Just, right. It'll Should be part your, of the checklist. Got exactly. it. Exactly. All right. What else we have? So a great tip is to always use flight following whenever you can. I'm a big advocate of getting flight following for any flight, especially in complex airspace. Uh, you know, down when we flew to Naples, we flew, we made sure we got flight following. Why? Because we were having to cut through Orlando and across Punta Gorda and, you know, some pretty condensed, you know, pretty congested airspace. And so knowing that there's somebody looking over your shoulder and calling out traffic, you know, another pair of eyes or some just to help you, you know, work around some of the, the higher traffic areas, it's cheap insurance. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything. Just a little bit of planning when you uh, set up your flight path. Not a problem at all. Okay, next yep. tip. So back to flight planning. When you're doing a longer cross country, consider routing around big cities. It may be shorter to, you know, draw your flight plan and go right over the top of Atlanta uh, because it's a straight line between wherever you want to be and where you want to get to. But you got to go up over the, you know, you're potentially going through the middle of a class Bravo. You need to get Bravo clearances. You got a lot of traffic coming through there. It might make more sense to deviate, you know, 10 degrees to the right and completely avoid all that airspace. It may only add five minutes and it might actually save you time because you're not having to be routed around other traffic. Sure. Take the scenic route. Probably exactly. more picturesque as well. That makes sense. And where are we at? Are we even halfway through yet? Yeah, we're at uh, number nine. So okay. we're not too far off. What do you got? So planning your descents. So you're flying into the airport. Do you just push the nose over and do a 500 foot per minute descent all the way into landing? Or, you know, would you, would it make more sense to stay up higher longer and maybe take a little bit steeper descent closer to the destination and take advantage of that, uh, you know, being out, out of the congested airspace and, and maybe you can pull your power back to idle and li- literally glide down instead of dragging the airplane, you know, for the last 30 miles in just because you're coming in low. Okay. That, yeah. Like you said, that just goes into planning and knowing where you're going and what the flight pattern is going to be at the arrival airport, right? Yep. So here's an interesting one. This is, uh, appeals to, you know, everybody that takes passengers with them. Don't be paranoid about insure, uh, about turbulence. You know, we're always warned about, you know, turbulence, penetration, air speeds and maneuvering speeds and things like that. But do you really need to slow the airplane down for every little bump in the sky? The the person that wrote this article says he had a G meter in his airplane only because he had a spot for it and put it in there. And he said, never once did he exceed two Gs in the airplane. So do I advocate flying at redline? No, absolutely not. But you probably don't need to pull it back to, you know, a, a slow crawl just because you're, you're in some, you know, some light turbulence, and a little bit of chop here. So Keep that in mind. You're probably not going to break the airplane if you fly at a normal cruise airspeed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's like if you're going through clouds, you know, you're going to get a little bump here and there. You get a bump here and there, but does that mean you need to slow it down to, you know, 18 inches of manifold pressure instead of running at 23 and, you know, making good progress? You're probably going to wind up hitting more bumps if you slow the plane down. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. What else you got? So thinking ahead for your cross-country trips, make sure you've got updated charts. Make sure you bring your food, water, snacks, pilot relief equipment, uh, extra sunglasses. Uh, don't forget life vests if you're flying over water. So this is really part of that pre-flight planning. I think it's interesting is that he even calls out, if you're flying in remote areas, consider survival equipment like a 22 rifle or a shotgun. Okay. I, I don't know where about that, but I could see maybe in the Everglades, uh, you know, might be you and the Gator and... The gator would make a nice belt. Oh, out west, gotta watch them grizzlies. 
That's right. They put her down. Yeah. All right. More coming up. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plain Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Whoa, that's the craziest video game I've ever seen. It's actually a flight simulator. You learning how to fly? I'm still learning how to fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis. All right, we got uh, 20 tips on how to make your VFR flying visual flight rule flying just that much better. And uh, we, I don't know, we've done about 12 up and we got eight left. So let's work through them. What, what do we got next there, Dennis? Well, remember that water actually could be your friend in certain circumstances. You know, normally we wouldn't want to land our airplane in water, right? But right. if you're flying in mountainous terrain, which, you know, we don't really have to worry about here in the Midwest, but it's not that far. You know, there's a lot of reason we would maybe want to go out to Colorado or you know, some of those areas, if you were to have a problem, do you want to try to land on the Rocky mountainside or would you rather just belly the airplane into a lake? I think my odds would be a lot better if I was to leave the gear up and, you know, come in and ditch on a lake and swim out than trying to uh, find a soft spot in the side of a mountain. Yeah. I don't think there is such a thing. So I would agree with you. Now we have a ton of lakes uh, here in Florida. And once again, if you don't have a a dirt road. I mean, you know, like a, a a road that's not very busy without power lines and stuff. Yeah. Well, one of these waterways, 
are, you know, they say is one of the places we definitely want to look, but you got to be it's careful. Something about I wouldn't that. discount it. Yeah. yeah. You may have some little, uh, roadblocks in the middle of it that move, but yeah, still gators. Yeah. Watch them. some speed bumps, but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of that. That's definitely something to think about. It's uh, constantly looking for a place to ditch if you had to, God forbid. All right. So that's, uh, we got a few more. What else? Yeah, so since we're talking about mountain flying, you know, seriously consider whether it's worth the risk and, and where you need to go uh, flying through those mountains. Remember, the airplanes that we're flying in typically are not uh, extremely powerful, and with the winds and turbulence and downdrafts, might not be you know the greatest place to be. So, if you can route around it instead of going over the top, uh, that might be a better consideration. You know, keep that in mind as you're doing your flight planning. Absolutely. You don't want to get caught in one of those downflows that I've heard the nightmare scenarios. Not at about. all. And it's also really easy to be going through these mountain passes and have the weather conditions change. I mean, how many times have we heard of that in Alaska where the clouds come rolling in and all of a sudden you're blocked in and you're in a mountain pass and you don't know where to go. You're, it's a recipe for flying into cumulus granite. Yes. And you don't need to be a statistic. Okay. Fair enough. Next VFR uh, tip you got for us. So almost all of us are flying with Panama GPSs. Consider okay. a backup. And I would think that almost everybody listening to the show, if they haven't already, has probably got an iPad and ForeFlight on the list. I think that counts as a backup. But the key is you have some independent form of GPS because, as we said in the first tip, nearly all of us are in the habit of direct to and not looking out the window and plotting our flight path from this lake to this city to this highway crossing. So having a backup to that critical piece of navigation gear is cheap insurance. There you go. iPads, even your cell phone. You could use that as a backup potentially too in worst case flight, scenario. Right? A typical license for ForeFlight includes two iPads and your phone. Oh, there so you, go. you can pull your phone out and it works exactly the same. The new version of ForeFlight has exactly the same interface on both devices. All right. Next tip. So avoid flying at any speed limit. You know, we mentioned this earlier when we talked about turbulence, but there's really no need to ever fly at the red line VNE. Yeah, you might save two minutes in that descent as you're coming out of 10,000 feet. Oh, cool. I can go to the red line, but why? You know, you're pushing it. The same thing in an in a airplane with retractable landing gear. There's a reason they put a gear limit speed on there. It's because it causes a lot of extra wear and tear. So get the gear up before that speed limit. Get it down after you're well past it so that you don't put any unnecessary wear and tear on the components or risk damaging the airplane by flying it above your flap speed or something silly like that. Makes sense. All right. Another one? Even if you're not IFR rated, consider carrying a set of low-end route charts or at least download the low-end route charts on your iPad in ForeFlight or uh, Stratus Horizon, whatever the, the application is, because you may have a lot of additional information made available to you. The IFR charts will always show a minimum en route altitude that you can be on on a particular airway segment if you're like in mountainous terrain. You think that might be really helpful when you're trying to navigate through that mountain pass that you just decided to go through, even though we told you maybe you should reconsider that? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good information. Look at the charts that are available. It could save your life. There you go. All right, next tip. Always scan the airspace around you for other traffic. Uh, you know, but also be looking behind. I usually don't have this problem. I fly a Mooney, but you know, if you're in a Cessna 150, everybody's faster than you. So check your six, <laughs> you know, make sure you're not getting overrun. It's embarrassing. Yes, indeed. I, and how many do we have left? We should, we be. got two left. Okay. What um, do we got? Think about flying at night. I love flying at night. Me too. But 
what happens if things become a lot more exciting at night. And you know, the joke is you turn on your landing light. If you don't like what you see, turn it back off. But you know, you, uh, you know, is it really worth the additional risk? That's up to you to decide. I love flying at night. There's less traffic. It tends to be calmer and smoother, but there is additional risk. And you have to decide as a pilot, if you're willing to accept that risk. Absolutely. And the last tip for making your VFR flying just that much better. So if you don't have an instrument rating, you're, you're legally able to fly above the clouds as long as you don't have to go through them to get on top. But think about the risk to you. Is it really that, is it worth it? What if you don't get through that uh, section of clouds or something happens, you now have to descend through it. Now you suddenly put yourself in a very serious situation. You're not a rated pilot. You're having to descend on instruments through actual conditions. Is it really worth the risk? Consider that uh, very carefully if you ever decide to fly VFR on top. Okay. All right. And that makes sense. A lot of that was just common sense. I think that you learned through your private pilot certificate uh, class, but you know, sometimes when you've been doing it a while, you need the friendly reminder. So that's good stuff indeed. All right. uh, Quick little uh, program update. We will be back next week, but between now and then actually this afternoon, right after the show today, they got a online uh, air show going on today. Is that it? Correct. NAS Oceana has one of the largest attendance of any of the military air shows. Um, NAS Oceana is actually out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, and they had to cancel their air show this summer because of COVID. But, but they, they went online, decided, right? They've gone online. They're going through liveairshowtv.net, and there you, you can check it out on Facebook. So that'll, right after the show airs. Until uh, yep. we come back uh, next week with another edition of Just Plain Radio. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. Hi, some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. <laughs>